Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from our slightly different perspective. You know, I tend to keep my ears to the ground, so to speak, to follow some of the goings-on in the aquarium world, and sometimes I pick up on things which really get me thinking. And I admit it's been more than like a minute or so since I've made an observation or two that called out something that I find a bit concerning to me. I know that sounds hard to believe, right? Um, One of the things that catches my attention lately is an increasing interest in what's being labeled as realism among the uh, the sort of high-concept aquascaping world, like taking some cues from natural habitats to incorporate in aquariums. Part of me is like totally celebrating the move away from that like weird, you know, fantasy scape crap that's dominated the aquascaping scene for years now. Part of me is laughing because it's like, oh, you've kind of gotten around to looking at nature. That's cool. But nonetheless, it's an interesting shift and it's an encouraging one. However, the natural style aquarium lover in me is still wishing we could prod these people along just a little bit more. While it's an interesting and encouraging development, I can't help but observe some nuances within that movement, which leave me wishing that they'd go just a bit further, because the emphasis seems to be on only half of the equation. Yeah, the interest seems to mainly focus on the look as opposed to the whole picture, the function. I mean, baby steps, right, I suppose, but man, just going a bit further could yield so much more. I guess it seems like nothing ever satisfies me, right? However, I sometimes fear that this burgeoning interest in aquariums intended to replicate some aspects of nature at a contest level will result in the same sort of diorama effect that we've seen in planted aquarium contests. In other words, just focusing on the look, which is cool, don't get me wrong, yet summarily overlooking the function, the real reason why the habitat looks the way it does and how the fishes have adapted to it, and considering how we can utilize this for their husbandry, spawning, etc., it's only a marginal improvement over where we've been stuck for quite a while now. We need to go further. Now, I'm sure I'm being just a bit over the top, but the so-called nature aquarium movement seems to have, in my humble opinion, largely overlooked the real function of nature. So there is some precedent, unfortunately. You know, a sanitized, highly stylized interpretation of a natural habitat is a start, but it's just that, a start. The real exciting part, the truly progressive part, comes when you let nature do her thing and allow her to transform the aquarium, as she's done in the wild for eons. So yeah, it should go beyond merely just creating the look of these symptoms to win a contest, in my opinion. Rather, we should also focus on the structural, functional aspects of these environments to create long-term benefits for the fishes that we keep in them. We should aim to incorporate things like biofilms, detritus, decomposition in our systems, just as nature does. That's a real biotope aquarium in my book. And of course, there is a group of hobbyists that are in a position to influence and inspire the aquarium world to push further, the biotope enthusiasts. I hope that this crowd, who have a lot of awareness about the habitats they're inspired by, will at least consider this functional aesthetic dynamic that we obsess over when they conceive and execute their work and be more vocal about it. Decomposing leaves, biofilms, detritus, sediments, submerged terrestrial plants, they all have their place in the aquarium designed to mimic aquatic habitats. You can and should be able to manage nutrients and the bioload input released into our closed aquatic systems by these materials as we've discussed and executed and demonstrated here for years. The fear about detritus, you know, in such crashing tanks is largely overstated as far as I'm concerned, especially with competent aquarium husbandry and properly outfitting a tank with good filtration and nutrient control and export systems, you know, in place. If you're up to the challenge of attempting to replicate the look of some natural habitat, you should be competent enough as an aquarist to be able to reasonably manage the system over the long term as well. Ouch, right? I know. Hey, that's reality. Sorry to be so frank, but 
I just really, I think enough of this shallow mimicry bullshit that's dominated the aquarium and contest world for too long. There's so much talent out there. I mean, you want to be able to truly educate and influence people and inspire them. You want to really advance the hobby and the art and science of aquarium keeping. I think a lot of you do. Then execute a tank which could be managed over the long haul. A tank that doesn't polish out the reality of nature. Crack the code, figure out the technique, look to nature and you know, back engineer it. These things can be done. You, our community out there, are doing them right now and you have for years. There are so many aspects of wild habitats that we choose to replicate and many that we can turn into functionally aesthetic aquarium systems. Take, for example, the most common hardscape component, wood. It's been a staple of the aquarium world for decades. If we think of wood pieces as more than just the static hardscape and consider them a dynamic part of the habitat, then the whole game changes. Trees and their submerged and even fallen state are more than just hardscape to those of us who are into the functional aesthetic aspects of our aquariums, much more. The trees present in flooded forest habitats and streams actually benefit fishes and the aquatic life forms when they fall. Uh, upon the return of the inundating waters to the dry forest, these fallen, leaves, uh, fallen trees excuse me, become a really important part of the aquatic habitats, providing multiple benefits. A fallen tree wedged into a stream bottom, for example, provides shelter from the currents. The tree trunk changes the flow pattern of the stream to create eddies and ripples which may bring in food and wash away fine silt, or which may allow you know, formation of fine gravel beds or the accumulation of leaves and fallen botanical materials. If new foraging areas are created and fishes may find insects, small crustaceans and fruits and such which come from the terrestrial environment above. They provide spawning locations for fishes and shelter for fry to develop and avoid predators. Now, there's a lot going on there. And although it may be impractical for many aquarists to obtain really large branches to simulate such, you know, features, it would be most interesting and a very interesting aquascape feature if you could source larger, thicker pieces to create this really amazing microhabitat in your aquarium. An entire community of fishes could be developed around literally one or two large branches in a modest-sized aquarium. You know, toss in a bunch of leaf litter, maybe a few botanicals, let them break down and decompose. Boom, instant functional biotope component, right? Well, almost. You got the look down, but you got to foster the function. You've got to take let, let things evolve a bit. Encourage some biofilm, some algae, and other epiphytic materials to colonize the branches, and then you're on your way to a functional representation of this habitat. Polishing out and editing the so-called undesirable aspects of nature, again, the biofilms, etc., for the sake of some aesthetic benefit is in reality, I think, counterproductive to long-term aquarium management. For the nature aquarium crowd, please focus on one of Amano's core principles, one which has been sort of cast aside of late, the concept and the philosophy of wabi-sabi, one that embraces the beauty of transience and natural processes. Making that mental shift and helping the aquarium world as a whole understand and appreciate the appearance of some formerly misunderstood and even feared aspects of the aquatic habitats will lead to more than just a shallow, superficial interpretation of nature. It'll lead to aquarium interpretations which foster many of the functions which occur in nature. It's about moving beyond just looking at a natural feature and thinking about just how to create the way it looks in our aquariums. It's about looking at that feature and thinking, how can I utilize this feature to provide the same function in the aquarium that it does in nature? There's so much to talk about and so much to study and so much to interpret here. There are just so many unique and compelling aspects of the natural aquatic world that I just know will unlock the secrets of many of these unique and beautiful fishes that we keep in our aquariums. By providing the functional natural aquarium, we're really setting the stage for what I feel is the next great evolution of aquarium keeping. 
that is creating aquariums which replicate as realistically as possible the look and function of the aquatic habitats that we're so fascinated by. So yeah, there's a lot to be gained when you really get real. Go deeper. Push yourself just a bit further. You might just change the entire aquarium hobby. Stay inquisitive. Stay curious. Stay excited. Stay fascinated. Stay bold. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Bellman. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I really appreciate your support of the blog and your support of Tannin Aquatics, which uh, helps support the blog. So thanks for uh, turning to us for your source for natural aquarium materials. I'm hoping to see you on the next installment of The Tint. <laughs>